Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amen. Good morning. This is a great service. We look forward to this every year that we get to do the back to school blessing. Kids, we're so excited you're in the room. Kids, we love, you know, what, three, four, five times a year we get to worship with you. We're so glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest or you're watching online, thanks for being here today, and it's an honor to worship with you. We are going to end today's service with the Back to School Blessing, but I, I'd like to continue our series that's going to lead right into that prayer, all right? We're in week two of a series we've titled Created. We've talked about what is the church created for. Specifically, we want to talk about us as his church. Now, if you missed last week, the first week, I would love for you to go back. I'd love for you to go watch that first week because it's kind of the foundation to the rest of the messages. They're going to kind of build on that. But to make sure we're all tracking together, to make sure that we're on the same page, I want to kind of go back to week one and remind us what this is all about. I said a simple phrase, and you often hear me say it, that I believe everyone is created on purpose for a purpose. You're used to me saying that. But last week I added to it that I don't think that's just an individual thing. I don't just think that's a me thing. I think that's an us thing. And by that I mean a church thing. That I believe that the church, and in our case, One Hope Church was created on purpose for a purpose. I don't think what's happening here is by accident. I don't think what's happening here is by chance. I don't think what's happening here is just having a place that people can come to to say they have a place to come to on Sunday morning. I don't think this is a place where people just, they're here, so I guess we meet. No, I think this place has a deep and powerful purpose. And so we talked last week. But what started all of this? Where did all this movement come from? What's the foundation that this place is built on? And what I proposed was it all started where? Acts chapter 1. Luke, who writes that letter, tells us that Jesus, right before he leaves, it says he ascends, he goes into heaven, right before he says, hey, I want you to wait. I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait for what I'm sending you. He says, listen, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you my presence. I'm going to send you my power. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait. What did the people do, though? What did the people do? They did exactly what he told them to do. They did exactly. They went in obedience and waited in what they call the upper room in Jerusalem. And while they did that, They did the most strategic thing that they could ever do. While they waited in that room, they did the most strategic thing that they could ever do. They became unified as a group of people and were consistently in prayer. Remember last week, that's what I wanted to tell you. I want you to understand that, that the church was started simply by a group of people who were committed to being obedient to Jesus and then being unified in prayer. Everything where this came from was because people said we'll be obedient to Jesus with our lives and we'll be unified in prayer. Hear me, the most strategic move that they made had nothing to do with them. All they did was saying, Jesus, we submit to you 
and we're going to pray for whatever you have next for us. And what we see as we continue to read the first part of Acts chapter 2 is, be, is that because they honored God with their decisions, as they were submissive, as they did exactly what Jesus told them to do, as they lived in prayer, this opened the door for the Holy Spirit to move in their lives. And once again, this is how the church was born. This is what's behind the powerful, life-changing movement of the church. So I proposed last week, what if that's us? What if that could be said of us? What if their story was our story as a church? What if our most strategic move around here the thing that we just say, everything, it, it all lies on this. The foundation, the, the, every, we put all the chips in and we say everything is built on that. We are going to be obedient to Jesus with our lives and we're going to live prayerfully, unified as a church. That I believe if we do that, the possibilities are endless of what God can do in and through this place. But I want to bring clarity to this. I want to really put kind of like a stake in the ground to understand if what we're, who we are, what we're built on is not a solid foundation of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we just need to say, forget it. If what we're doing is not built on the power of the Holy Spirit, being behind all of it, then we just need to say, forget it, because the last thing we need is a church built on man's effort, not empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so that was the invitation last week. Once again, I talked for a lot longer last week, but that was the invitation. Would you be part of a church that we are created to be a Holy Spirit-empowered movement for life and world-changing purposes? That's where we ended last week. So now I want us to go to this week. If you didn't see that message, listen to that message, whatever, you can go back, but we got to move on to this week. And our story ended in Acts chapter 2, verses 4, okay? That's where the story ended. Remember, the Holy Spirit was just given. The people were waiting, and the Holy Spirit was given to the followers who waited in that upper room. They had just received the promise that Jesus had said, hey, this is what I'm going to do in your life. They just received the most powerful thing they would ever receive in their life. They just received the power that will allow them to do what Jesus says, you'll do more than even what I did on this earth. They just received the thing that's going to allow them to continue what Jesus had started with them on this earth. But if you continue to read in the book of Acts, I said we're going to go through some Acts stuff this month. If you continue to see that, you'll see that the Holy Spirit was given on a really important day in Jerusalem. See, it was, it was in this moment that there were thousands of people in Jerusalem, okay? When you're in Acts chapter 2, if you read it, you'll see there are thousands of people in Jerusalem because the Jewish people gather for what they call feasts. They, they honor, they, they live in what God had done in their lives in the past, and they have these feasts to remember. And during this time, this day of Pentecost, it was the Feast of the Weeks. And so thousands of people, thousands of people are in Jerusalem. And I want to tell you, this is no coincidence in my mind. 
that the Holy Spirit was given in this moment. Because God had a plan, and he was about to change thousands of people's lives. So I want you to get this scene. So Jerusalem, big city, filled with people, shoulder to shoulder. It's crazy in the city. The, the, the followers are in the upper room, and they're praying, and they're praying, and they're waiting. They want what Jesus has for them. The Holy Spirit comes, and there's this commotion. There's this, it, it just, it, it explodes, and people are like, what is going on? And there's a guy named Peter. We've heard of Peter. Peter stands up because he's got something to say. Peter stands up in front of this huge crowd. Peter stands to share the life-changing story of Jesus. And this is where we are in Acts chapter 2. Peter gives his most famous sermon. Something that when you're like, when you think of Peter... Wow, God said the church was going to be built on this rock, and Peter was part of that conversation. This sermon was part of it. I want to read you a little part of what he said that day in Jerusalem to those thousands of people after the Holy Spirit was given. Acts chapter 2, verse 22, he says this, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. And as you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked people, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. What a powerful sentence. Then we skip ahead to verse 36. He said, Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and all who, come, who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from the, this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What did I tell you last week? If you were here, part of this last week, I said, when they submitted themselves to Jesus, when they became unified in prayer, it opened the door for the Holy Spirit, and this relatively small movement just exploded. What Jesus was doing was greater than anything he'd done when he was on this earth. He gave the Holy Spirit to move this early church. And because of that, Peter stood boldly before the people, and he declared the message of Jesus without compromise. He declared it in front of these thousands of people. And what happens was thousands of people gave their lives to Jesus. And they were baptized. 
That's what I want to tell you about the church. When we look at the story of Peter, I want to tell you this about the church. That a Holy Spirit-empowered church will always be passionately bold in pointing people to Jesus. When we talk about the church, a Holy Spirit-empowered church will always be passionately bold about pointing people to Jesus. It just comes with the territory. When you are filled, when you are given the Holy Spirit, this is the response. This is the reaction. Your passion for pointing people to Jesus just grows. And I know this because I look at the life of Peter we got to look back at the life of Peter. If you don't know the story, go, go read it this, this week in the, in the Gospels. You'll see that what Peter did on the day of Pentecost was not always how Peter lived. If you rewind the tape and you go back, you'll see that Peter had a conversation with Jesus. And in this conversation, he says, Jesus, anything you want from me, I'm your guy. Jesus, I'll always have your back. I'm your guy. Jesus, don't worry about me. I will always stand up for you. And what happens if you know this story? Once again, if you don't, it's a powerful story that right after Jesus was arrested, someone came up to Peter and she said, aren't you with him? What did, you, what did Peter say? I don't know him. Another single person came. Aren't you with him? I don't know the man. A third single person came and says, aren't you that Galilean that's with Jesus? And Peter says, I don't know the man. That doesn't look like the Peter who just stood up in front of thousands, does it? Peter. Peter had a life change. When he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, he went from someone who would say, no, I don't know the man, to a single person. To a person that would declare in front of thousands of people the depth of who Jesus was and what he did. Listen, Peter had a story Peter had a story of who Jesus was and what Jesus did in his life, and he was passionate about declaring that to the world, about pointing people to Jesus. Jesus had changed his life, and he was passionate about being bold with that story, and lives were changed, and people were baptized. I want to stop in the middle of my message right now. I want to put a pause in the middle of my message right now. Because this summer, we had some cool things happen. In the midst of all the COVID stuff and the world, you wonder what things are, what's going to happen, and there's stress and there's tension. We sent our teens to summer camp, and I want to tell you, God moved in the lives of these teens. And this morning, and right in the middle of the message where I'm talking about Peter declaring who Jesus is to the world, I want to put a pause on it because this morning we want to do exactly what Peter said happened that day at Pentecost as people believed and they were baptized. And this morning, I want to take a chance right in the middle of this, just can we baptize four teenagers and celebrate that? I want to invite Blaine. Blaine, will you come up this morning?
I don't normally get to do this, but right in the middle of the message, I'm like, how can we make this happen? Uh, I'm not in the water, as you can see. Blaine, get in. You can get in the water, bud. I won't get in with you. This is Blaine Bambarger. Blaine just graduated high school, and God has a plan for Blaine's life, and God is moving in Blaine's life, and at summer camp this year, Blaine decided it's, the, it's time to get baptized. It's time to declare. And so, Blaine, I just asked the questions that we always ask here. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? Yes. Do you believe he came to die for your sins? Yes. Have you given your life to Jesus and asked for forgiveness in the name of Jesus? Yes. And do you want to point people to Jesus through your life? No, Let's get this on, brother. Oh, Blaine Bainbarger, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And his bro, Preston. Henderson, come on up, man. Same thing. Same thing, man. I'm proud of this guy. This is not always easy to get in front of your church, right? And here we are. And so, Preston, I'm proud of you, man. I'm asking the same question that I asked your bro. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this earth? Yes, sir. Do you believe that he died for your sins? Yes, sir. Do you, have you asked for forgiveness and given your life to Jesus? Yes, sir. Do you want to use your life to point people to Jesus? I do. So, Preston, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Joshua Paulette it's a good dude right here he's passionate about Jesus and Joshua you've seen what I've asked other people in the youth group right ma'am do you believe that Jesus is the savior of the earth yes sir do you believe he died for you yes sir have you asked for forgiveness and given your life to Jesus? Yes, sir. Do you want to point people to Jesus through your life? Yes, sir. I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited for you. Nope, oh, come here. We got to get that hair wet, bro, right? Joshua, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And his sister, another graduating senior. We're excited for Lydia to go and continue her career in volleyball at Mississippi College and, and using her life and her gifts to point people to Jesus. And so, Lydia, we've talked about this. You've heard the questions I've asked. Do you believe that Jesus is the Savior of this earth? Yes, sir. Do you believe he died for you on the cross? Yes, sir. Have you asked for forgiveness for your sins and given your life to Jesus? Yes, sir. Do you want to use your life to point people to Jesus? Yes, sir. I'm excited, Lydia. So the uh, name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Uh, I'm going to sneak a little right there. Isn't that cool? Listen, when the message of Jesus is proclaimed and it's backed by the Holy Spirit, lives are changed. 
It happens when Peter is speaking on the day of Pentecost, and it can happen today in 2021 in Tuscaloosa through church, through camp, through all kinds of ways that God is still moving and changing people's lives. I want to tell you that if our life is saved by Jesus, we have a story to tell. If our life is changed by Jesus, we have a story to tell. Listen, when our life is changed by Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you this about your life. Your story, our story has power. You see what happened in Peter's life. He doesn't declare Jesus. He fails in that moment. Jesus dies and he, he raises his again to life again and he gives the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden Peter has a story to share. It's no different than you. It's no different than me. That the world needs to hear about the man who died for us. The world needs to see life changed because Jesus died for us. But the question I have for the church this morning is simply this. When was the last time you shared about what Jesus has done in your life? I want to tap, people tell me after I speak, Scott, quit stepping on my toes, right? I want to hammer some toes this morning. When was the last time you shared about what Jesus has done in your life? When was the last time you invited someone into a conversation when you, where you can share who Jesus is, what he's done? When was the last time you invited someone to, to engage with what we do here? When was the last time that you sat down and talked to somebody and the topic was Jesus? Think about all your posts on Instagram and Facebook. Think about how we talk about football. Think about what we complain about and how much our conversations are built on critique and critical and frustrations. How are we about sharing the story of what Jesus has done in our lives? How are you using the story that's empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness on this earth? Maybe not exactly the way we see Peter do it, but that you are bold and you are passionate about sharing that. This is what the church was created for, to be a place where we pointed people to Jesus. But then I have a second question. As we look at Peter's life, we have to ask this question. Do your words and your lifestyle tell the same story? Do your words and your lifestyle tell the same story? Listen, pre-Pentecost, who Peter said he was and what he did and would do, didn't exactly match up. Jesus, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. But when it came down to it, life wasn't lived that way. As the Holy Spirit came in, as he was submissive to Jesus, as prayer was part of his life and they came together as a group, all of a sudden Peter's life and his words, they matched together, even to the point of death. 
Peter's life was lived completely different. And we need to look at ours. If the church was truly created to point people to Jesus in a powerful and bold and passionate way, do our words and our life match up? Peter had the moment of failure, but it wasn't his final story. Peter had the moment that he didn't live out who he said he was in Jesus, but that wasn't his final story. As he gave himself over, Jesus changed everything. And I think that can happen for us. So this morning, we know what this morning is. It's a special time that we can pray as we send people out into the school, into the cities. It's a special morning that we can baptize people right here in front of you. It's a special morning, but I want to ask you a question as a church. I want to challenge us as a church if we'll be committed to a couple things and what the church was created for. As a church, will we do whatever it takes to point people to Jesus? Can we be committed that our goal, our purpose, our passion is that what we do is we point people to Jesus in everything that we do, everything that we fight for, everything that we think is important, everything that we strive and drive for will point people to Jesus. May this be our foundation as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. But then secondly, as his people, will we use our lives to point people to Jesus every day. Hear me. You're going to leave this place. Look at me. You're going to leave this place. And you're going to go engage in a world. You have a decision how you're going to live your life. Will your life point people to Jesus every day? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. And may your life change lives. Peter's story was part of changing the world because that day the church exploded. But the church is not done. God's work is not done. His work through you is not done. I don't care if you are seven in this room or you're 70 in this room. The work through Christ is not done through your life, but we have to make a choice. As a church, are we going to be committed to being passionate about pointing people to Jesus and through your lives individually every day, will your life point people to Jesus or will you spend your life doing something else? I want to tell you, you can continue the story of Peter you can be part of the greater story of the church movement in the world. When you do what Peter did and said, okay, I messed up. He had a time of conversation with Jesus. There was forgiveness there. The Holy Spirit came and he said, not this time. This is how I'm going to live my life. I want to invite us as a church to continue the movement that started in Acts 1 to Acts 2, and we're going to continue next week to see where it's going. But may you be part of the life and world-changing movement that started thousands of years ago. Can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, 
I love that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. This is not about One Hope Church. God, we are not the hope of the world, but we get to point people to the hope of the world. God, this, filled, this place is filled with imperfect people, but we get to point to the most perfect person that ever walked this earth. God, this, is, this place is filled with people who have messes, but we get to bring our messes to you, Jesus, and you get to do the healing. You get to do the miraculous. You get to do the life change. And I, I pray, God, that the story of this place would be one that you see in Pentecost where lives were changed and people were baptized and the world was changed forever. God, you know my prayers, the bold prayers of God. Well, you do more than we've ever seen before. But God, it's not about someone speaking. It's about someone, the whole place coming together and saying, we will point people to Jesus through our church and through our lives. So God, will you change our heart? Will you change our passions? And will you help us, God, every day to look for opportunities to make you known of how great you are? and all you've done for us. And it's your name we pray. Amen. So I said this message kind of goes into uh, this prayer of blessing. Because you know what's happening today, right? Is we're blessing these students, these kids, these people who are working the school system to go from here and be a blessing into this world. And the, there's no greater blessing than to love with the love of Jesus. And so this is what we do. So I'm going to invite Amber up and I'm going to invite um, the band and, and Annette Cook up. Because we want to cover you in prayer. We want to, not that you go out in battle alone, but before you go out in battle, before you go out into the battle, that you are covered and that you understand that God is sending you for a purpose. And so what we're going to do first is we're going to invite all the, the elementary school kids, the middle school kids, the high school kids, you college students. If anybody's in the schools, will you stand up for us? Will you stand? Y'all, if there are people around them right now, whether you can reach or not, will you, will you pour your hand? Just, this is kind of tradition in the church, isn't it? That we in agreement, that we pray over. And so if you have someone around you, we just pray over them. And Amber, I'm going to give this to you. All right, so it is my privilege to get to pray for these students today, and um, I'm going to be praying a scripture over them. And this scripture, every year we like to give um, our students a magnet that just has a back-to-school prayer on it of some kind, but this year we have a scripture, and I'm going to pray that scripture over them in just a minute. But um, I believe that every student deserves to have their name spoken before the Lord. And so as I pray today, if you will just whisper the children around you, if you'll just whisper their names to God and just um, dedicate the school year to him. And so I'm going to pray. Father God, Lord, Psalms 127 declares that children are a gift of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then later in the Gospels, we read that Jesus actually commanded his disciples to let the little children come to him. 
God, these scriptures and so many others reveal your heart for the next generation. They reveal the place that children hold in your kingdom. And it is a place where they are loved and they are valued and they are accepted. And so today, we as your church, we are your hands and feet And so with outstretched arms, Lord, we stand in the gap for our kids, and we are interceding Mm -hmm. for this school year, Lord. Mm -hmm. We are dedicating these children and this school year to you. God, Lord, as, as we just come in these moments, God, God, we know that in just a few days that our students will walk into schools and universities and some for the first time and others for the last, but regardless of age or grade level, Lord, we want to dedicate and speak their names to you, Lord. And we want to pray this scripture over them. The scripture from Deuteronomy 31.8, and it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Do not be discouraged. And so, God, I cling to those words that you go before our students I hold tight to the promise that you will be with them, that you will not leave them, that you will not fail them, God. God, those words are a promise that you will guide and direct, that you will assist and strengthen, that you will protect and defend, that you will counsel and console our children when we are not there, God. And so I hold tight to this promise. And so students, there is a lot to fear and there is a lot to be discouraged about but oh man do not be afraid and do not be discouraged but boldly walk into your classrooms knowing that you are loved that you are accepted and that you have been created on purpose for a purpose we pray that over you today we claim those promises in Jesus name and for the parent who has an unsettled heart today, because maybe you're experiencing one of those firsts or one of those lasts. Remember, I reiterate those words, that God goes before them. God will not leave them, and he will not fail them. Students of all age, just know your church believes in you. We love your part of our church. We don't view you as the future. We view you as right now. That God's not waiting to use you. God already has a plan to use your life. He's already gifted you. I love that prayer Amber just said he goes before you. Don't be afraid. Know that this is not a one-time prayer, that we pray for you in all your endeavors as God leads you with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I hope you're encouraged by that today. 
Now, there are people, the adults, that you're going into the school system, you're going into daycares, you're going into uh, driving buses, and you're in cafeterias, and you're in coaching sports, and you're doing all kinds of things in the school. Your hands are going to be molding and and leading these students in our city, and we want to pray over you because you've got a big job. And so will you stand up today in the same way the, the students did? Can you stand up? If you have any part in, 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 in raising or molding these kids' lives. In the same way, if you're around close anywhere, you just place your hands on people as we cover them in prayer and invite Annette Cook as Annette has history in the school system. She knows what it's like to sit in the seats that you sit. And so, Annette, go ahead and pray for them. Yeah, after 30, more than 30 years, I can relate. And so we want to pray this prayer over you, and we just ask everybody to join with us, please. Dear Heavenly Father, um, as we prepare to begin another school year, we pray for all of those who work in education. Lord, there is no doubt that having the opportunity to work in a school or college setting is challenging, but it is also an incredible opportunity to make a positive difference in the lives of students and coworkers. Lord, we ask you to help each of these people understand and empathize with their students. Give them discernment to know when hope or encouragement needs to be offered and where correction is needed. Lord, we pray that each one of these people will rely on you when they face struggles and that they will come to you first for help. When they feel unseen, which happens so many times, Lord, Remind them that no moment goes unnoticed. They are shaping the future in a million small yet incredibly important ways every single day. We are overwhelmed with gratitude, Lord, for their willingness to work in what are often thankless jobs. Lord, I ask that you protect them as they work in what is truly a mission field. Help them to share your love as they carry out their duties And may they always be a light to those around them. Bless them, Lord, and may they see glimpses of how their faithfulness will forever impact generations to come. Lord, we pray these things in the holy and mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We want you guys to know the same thing. We believe in you. We need you. We pray for you. That this will not be the last time that we pray for you. We believe that, that, that what you're walking into can be a tiring place. But we also believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us, gives us patience, endurance, courage, joy to do what he's called us to do. And so know that we love you and we are praying for you. I Once again, I love that we're part of what Jesus has done through the history. God has done through, down through the history that you need to be excited today that you get to be part of something that came before you and will be after you. But we can be part of what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do in the earth. So today I want to invite you to stand as we end today and just to praise God. And maybe you, you're not in the school system, you're not a student, that doesn't mean you're not part of what God wants to do this next year.
Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.